0: Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others. And when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today I'm chatting with Emma Sievers. And I had the opportunity of kind of discovering who Emma was by listening to her on another podcast with the Back Pocket Boys. And I just loved learning about her own experiences and journey and drive to want to create and bring offerings, especially to women and. Her story is just really inspiring and I wanted to bring her onto the podcast so she could share it with even more people out into the world. And so Emma, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for having me. So I would love for you to just kind of tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, who is Emma and your story, because I think just over the past few years from what I gathered when you were on back pocket is there's been a lot of evolution and growth and we were chatting before we started recording. But what I thought was so cool is you had wanted an offering and rather than just like wishing that it would come to be, you went out and created an offering that you felt probably other women were going to really want to be a part of. And that's kind of where BA women came to be. And so share a little bit about like who you are and the creative process that went into that. And yeah, cool. Uh, thanks for the intro. Yeah. Um, it's always
1: fun to hear. Um, I don't know, just like how other people hear you in the way you share yourself. And um, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah. I really, I, I think it's really cool that we are doing this because even from when we first connected um I think that you have been on a similar path with creating something that wasn't necessarily there for you there before. And maybe not intentionally, like not knowing where it was going to go, but just trusting your gut and trusting that um, this this feels good. And I'm leaning into maybe the uncomfortableness, the discomfort of this, but what's coming in it is growth. Um, I think that So, okay. Let me see here. Let me get back up. Um, okay. Well, I'm Emma (laughs) Seavers. Um, uh, let's see, I'm from St. Paul. So I'm from the twin cities area. Um, I live in Minneapolis now, but I have moved many different times and, um, yeah, and I would say definitely in the last five years, um, since I've been back in Minneapolis, I, I like resisted so much being here. I have constantly telling my boyfriend, like, we got to move, we got to move. And, um, I think once I started to really take on, um, like being present to just like this, this, this is it. This is my life right now. I started to really appreciate where I was and, um, stop longing for something that I don't have or, um, so back in I think it was 2018 or 2017. By the way, too, if you hear door noises, I'm in WeWork right now, and it kind of gets loud sometimes. But okay. uh, I took a professional development course. Um, I was had just moved back from Los Angeles and it was like really just you know where was I going to go with my career? What well, it was it was very much career focused. And when I took this. This professional development course. What happened was, I actually faced a lot of the areas in my life that were blocking me from having the life that I wanted. And the one that stood out the most to me, that was completely a shock to me, was my relationship with women. Um, I I discovered it by acknowledging that the woman who was leading this seminar, I could not listen to her. When, mm. when she'd speak, I would have these running thoughts in my head of, you know, like, who does she think she is? Or, you know, just these really judgmental um, thoughts. And the structure of this course really allowed me to take a step back and start to notice what's coming up for me in my life. And, you know, when I saw this, I realized that, well, one, I wanted to be this woman. I really wanted, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be up speaking or, you know, be be making a difference. And even just the way that she held herself, the way that she would walk in a room, you're just like, oh my gosh, like this woman is so badass. And, um, so I, the beginning of, of my, of BA women, which is the business that I created, the community that I created stands for badass women, um, really started with my own self-discovery of, the lack of relationship that I had with women. And, you know, and it, I have, I've always had really, really close girlfriends, um, throughout, you know, high school, grade school, college, um, but never really that core, you know, I have, these are my seven best friends, you know, like I just, I know women in so many different circles. And, um, I just started to recognize that I don't necessarily fit the mold of having the same group of girlfriends forever. I, I want to continue to meet women and, and learn from them. And so I, I started to share with a lot of the closest women in my life that acknowledging this, this judgment that I'd had and that, you know, this is how I'm growing. And, and, um, and then I just decided, I was like, you know what? I want to get all of these women together in the same room, and I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk to any person who's like an event planner, or um, you know, even some of my closest friends, they definitely know that I am not one for details when it comes to these things. I'm very like, what's the intention of this? What like what what's you know? And then the rest will just kind of like fall into place and um, which can drive people crazy sometimes to work with me, but I'm, cause I'm very like, oh, big vision, this, that. And, um, but yeah, the first, first event, I really just, I ran with it. I, by no means did it all on my own. I had an army of women that wanted to get involved. And the cool thing about it was like a lot of women, um, would reach out to me and say like, well, how can I, how can I get involved? And, I actually would turn the question back on them and would ask, well, how do you, like, how would you like to be involved? Mm. And which was really cool because a lot of women that got involved got to do things that they didn't necessarily have experience in, didn't necessarily, um, had never done before. And it was just so cool to see how everyone stepped up and, um, you know, brought their circles in and just really, you know, my goal was to empower other people to be leaders of this and, you know, not to run it on my, all by myself. And so, yeah, that was, that was couple, three, what was it? How many years ago now? And, uh, but yeah, that was, you know, creation of it. And, uh, as time has gone on and I, you know, I can share more about that with how much, The, you know, the beginning intention of BA Women was like, this is just a conversation. Like, this is a conversation for what we want. We want, I want to be around a a group of people that will actually see me as someone as, you know, I declare that I want something and having just this community around you saying like, fuck yeah, you can do that versus maybe, you know, old relationships you've had that just have known you a certain way for such a long time that you bring up this idea to them and immediately, you know, you maybe get shut down or you maybe. Um, they just don't see you that way. So, um, but yeah, it's always come back to the conversation, and uh, it's it's changed a lot, especially in the last year. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of you know what BA women is. I guess I didn't really say a lot about who I am, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll get you'll get more of that throughout this conversation.
0: Well, and what I love is initially when you started talking about it, it was talking about you took an opportunity to create a space, create a community, didn't really know where it was going to go, where it was going to take you. And you mentioned that like uncomfortableness that came up maybe with it. But then when we step into those areas that are uncomfortable, that's where the real growth comes. And for you, you know, what ways do you feel like you really grew by taking this opportunity? You didn't really know, Where it was going to go, what it was going to turn into, and what have you seen within yourself that maybe three, four years ago when you started this idea, you didn't even know that you were going to be able to achieve?
1: Mm. The first thing I think of is just the uncomfortableness of the type of conversations I had. So I would constantly, the way I think of it is like, if let's say we're in a room with, you know, 10 different people in the room and, you know, I'm getting along with nine of them or something, but there's one person that there is, is triggering me, maybe a word of saying it. And I've really learned that every time that that trigger has come up, if I actually lean into it and um, have difficult conversations with people, that is where my biggest growth has come. And it it's funny because like, you know, I created this, this community of badass women, but I feel like I have so much work to do with my relationship with women still. Like, I'm not this, oh, yay. Like I'm best friends with women and I always lift women up. And it's like, no, I, I struggle with that the most. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where this has been such an amazing journey for me, because it's almost like this vehicle that I've created to to hold me accountable to who I really want to be in my life. And, um, but that comes with continually, like continuously having, um, you know, challenging conversations, um, especially with the people I resist the most. But, and, and, you know, if I look at that from like a growth perspective, some of the people that are my best friends now, what are the, the last people I would have ever thought I'd be mm-hmm. close with? like almost like the women that I resisted the most are now my best friends and like have actually taught me the most about myself. Um, so I would have missed out on that a hundred percent, you know, I would have there's without having those conversations, I absolutely would be missing out on these relationships. And, um, I think that, you know, more than anything, every person really does want to contribute and give and, um, you know, they're just not always given the opportunity to be seen in a, in a new way. You know, we get really stuck in our ways of being in our ways of, you know, putting people in boxes. I do it all the time. And yeah, I mean, I just think that it's important to be able to give people that opportunity because I would want that, you know, like I want people to give me the opportunity to, um, you know, done a lot of stuff in my past and that I've definitely want to have overcome. I think you and I've chatted a lot about things with, you know, uh, with things from like alcohol to um, just, I, I mean, yeah. So, well,
0: yeah. and it's like this idea. I mean, I relate so much to what you're talking about of you see someone doing something and you're like, who does she think she is? Or who does he think he is? And it's this idea of exactly what you're talking about. If we put them in a box of, well, why do they think that they can start that company or launch that podcast, write that book, whatever it is. But then it's exactly what you're talking about. We have to step back and do that inner work and recognizing when that judgment is coming up, it's us judging likely because we want to do that for ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? like, oh i want to launch that podcast or i want to write that book and it's a hard thing to see that when that judgment is coming up that it's actually something within ourselves that we have to take a look at and really ask you know why am i feeling that way about that person you know what's coming up for me and why can't i go and do that same thing that they're doing and that inner work that really pushes us and challenges us it's hard to do but what you're talking about is like when you finally were like, okay, I'm going to do this work. That's when you really grew the most. And with those difficult conversations, how did you learn to step into those? Because it's not easy to have those tough conversations. And I find, I know personally, I try to avoid confrontation or anything that I know that's going to have like a rocky, like bumpy ride. Like it's hard for me to step into that. And i Love to hear, you know, how did you learn to walk into those conversations, even if you were maybe a little bit fearful or uncertain about the way it was going to go? What was that like? Because I think that's so relatable for so many people. Two things. One is not think about it. (laughs)
1: Like I always say 20, 20 seconds of courage, like give yourself 20 seconds. It's like one of my favorite like sayings. I definitely think it came from this is funny. It came from the movie how to build a zoo or something. Like one of my mentors said that to me once he's like 20 seconds of courage, just like always remember that. So Mm -hmm. when I do feel like, you know, you, you want to pick up that phone and like call that person. It's like, okay, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. So you can do anything in 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my first thing. And then my second thing is having people around me that know what I want in my life and who, are willing to hold me accountable to that, and when I say accountable, I don't mean necessarily like I have people hitting me up, being like, "Hey, did you do that thing?" Um, this is a question I shared this on the back pocket about um, my boyfriend Tim. He constantly a- asked me the question of, "Well, what would a badass do?" Because mm-hmm. he knows that that's I want to I want to be a badass, you know, like. And so instead of him giving me advice or trying to like fix anything for me, he ask me a question. And I think that's like a really cool way to offer advice or, or offer support to people in your life. Cause the times when people necessarily like, there's a time and a place to give advice. And, um, like when I'm like, Hey, what do you, what do you think about this? But I think we innately know what to do. And, um, if we're acting from the place of, well, who do you want to be in your life? If, you know, you can apply that to anything. Those two things have always helped me get through those conversations. Cause if not, then I just get stuck in my head and stuck with all my thoughts and feelings about everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that just in general applies to anything, not necessarily if you're building a business or, or, um, building, you know, what I did, I think you can do that with anything. And those are, yeah, the two, two biggest things that I
0: always come back to. I like the idea of just taking, you know, you can do this 20 seconds, be really courageous, go forward with it, go after it. Because when we get in that like loophole or not even like a loophole, but it's just like, we get sucked down by that fear. And then you're in like the rabbit hole of just self doubt and worry. That's when we hold ourselves back and we're not able to take that next step. But if you tell yourself like, I can be courageous like right now in this moment and then you act on it, I guarantee you like taking that advice that Emma just gave, you're going to start to feel like a shift and a change and it will radiate out into your life. If you can just start to be a little bit more courageous and not overthink things too, because 20 seconds, like you can do this, like go for it, get after it. I love that. And have people in your life that
1: you could share with that you did that, you know, Mm. like I have friends that will text me after we, you know, we're having a conversation on the phone and they're talking about this, they're like, I'm afraid to ask for a raise or, you know, and then they text me after they do it and they're like, oh my God, I did it. And uh, my favorite thing was Brene Brown, who talks about vulnerability hangovers. That is 100% going to happen, like just knowing that that is going to happen every time, every time it happens for me. And so then I'd normally will hit up someone close to my life and say like, I'm having a major vulnerability hangover right now. (laughs) It's like, no, I like, please, please talk me out. Like, please tell me that I'm going to be okay. You know, I think it's, you know, have people who are, can just kind of like check
0: you back into like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a true thing. When I first started recording these episodes, I would have the guests after sometimes text me and be like, Whoa, I was not expecting our conversation to go the way that it did. And I got way more deep. And I'm feeling like I just need a little bit of time to decompress. And it's true. Like when you open yourself up to new opportunities and you try new things and you get vulnerable with yourself and with others, it's really exciting but it also takes a lot out of you because it's this new big thing that you're trying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that our, uh,
1: we do different things to protect ourselves. You know, like we don't, we don't want to feel like we're not enough or, or we're or inadequate or, you know, these beliefs that, I mean, I, for myself speaking, like, I don't want to feel like I, you know, I'm not good enough or didn't, the, you know, these limiting beliefs that I have. So it's just starting to identify those and then, you know, recognize when they're coming up instead of, you know, necessarily trying to fix them or change them. It's like, oh, that thing is happening again. And, um,
0: that's just being human (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: with, within your limiting beliefs and, you know, maybe not feeling good enough. Was that something that you felt in that initial go around of trying to start BA women? And how did you move past that to get the launch and get the company going? I think,
1: I think it's like take, continuing to take action because the more action you take, then the more evidence you have that you are actually this and not that. So, you know, if I, if I have, I mean, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, if I'm continuing to take action, that is building my confidence is, um, you know, then you just build up that, like, it's like a case that you're building against Mm -hmm. this belief. You're like, well, Mm -hmm. no, like I've done this, 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 like, and, um, but I also don't want to share that in a way of, you know, one belief that I've really discovered in the last year, which was also why I, um, took such a, you know, quote unquote break with BA women, um was this belief that you know the more i do the more valuable i am
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know if i'm not doing then i don't matter and what happens if i don't do things anymore um that was huge i mean i think everyone experienced that during covid where all of a sudden we don't have the the fitness classes to teach anymore we don't have the uh, podcast, we don't have this job or or that job or this project, that project. It's like everything came to a stop. And, you know, in a lot of like I experience, I do contracting for a lot of different um, job opportunities uh, on the side of working with BA Women. And one of my biggest clients, co- like they completely shut down the whole US division. Um, it was a French company. And you know, so I thankfully had another client I was working with, but, you know, lots of people experience losing their careers. And, um, I'm definitely a person who wraps up a lot of my identity in my career. And, um, I think I'm going to make a generalization, but I do think women do that, especially because this is relatively new that women are in the workforce. And, um, and so it does matter a lot, you know, at least it does to me. And, um, you know, to not have that identity, then you're like, well, who am I now? Like, am I not a yogi anymore? Cause I don't go to yoga class. I'm not a this anymore. And, um, I just, I think I really, I really struggled with it. I really was like, well, what am I doing? You know, like very, Mm -hmm. very intense, like inner thoughts. And, um, I fortunately, you know, I just really do believe everything does happen the way it's supposed to. Um, so when COVID hit, I ended up moving to not moving. Well, I basically moved, but um, had an opportunity. We were invited by our good friends, uh, Jason and mulia Coons to go um, stay at a friend's uh, their cabin home. Um, and they're like, Hey, do you want to come for the weekend? And we're like, yeah, like, hell yeah we want to get out of the city at that time Tim and I were living in like a 600 square foot one bedroom and um had never spent that much time at home because we were always traveling and um so yeah we went and then we ended up staying for almost I think it was like over two and a half months oh my gosh <laughs> we, ended, we ended up never leaving there the um the family that lived there the, within an hour of being there were like you guys aren't leaving right you guys are you guys are staying right and we're like can we Like, this is pretty sweet. Like just, you know, out beautiful in Wisconsin. And, um, so I ended up staying there with a community of friends and we all started like co-living together and co-working together. And, um, it was just like this total by accident thing that happened. And, um, during that time I was dealing with this belief of like, well, if I'm not doing, then I don't matter. And and I didn't necessarily identify it at the time. I just was just dealing with that. And I decided to, um, I think it was Tim who was like, you know, why don't you just make the best of where we're at right now? And um, so I did, I got really into, um, so Tim Dixon, the one who owned the, it's his home, Is an amazing chef, and he we would go out and forage. We he'd be like, "Do you want to make ice cream? Uh, Like, do you do like chocolate mint ice cream?" I'm like, "Yeah, who doesn't love ice cream?" And he's like, "Okay, we'll make it tonight. Grab that leaf over there and pick it up, and then you'd rub it together. He's like, "Smell it. It smells like chocolate mint," and which it did. It was. I was like, "What the heck?" And um, just we would we go out and you know, get all this food from the woods. And it was just so incredible. And it was so time consuming. I mean, cooking one meal, we cooked dinner, like a meal every night. And it would start like, sometimes we, he would start prepping for this, like the moment he woke up in the morning. And then, um, you know, but it would typically be like four until, I don't know, like 10 PM that we'd be, I mean, we would be done eating by 10, but it just was this whole experience. And, um, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And, um, you know, I really slowed down what I had been doing, which was so typical slowing everything down. Um, and it's funny because, you know, during that experience, I'm sitting there beating myself up, like you need to be doing more. You need to be doing like, why aren't you, you know, posting about this? Why aren't you saying something about that? And, um, and, uh, you know, now I look back and like, wow, that experience like helped me reconnect to what really are values of mine. And I mean, I was raised, uh, my parents were both teachers. They, every summer would take us in there. um, We'd go in the Silver Bullet minivan, all of us kids, I have three siblings, and we would drive all over the country, part or camp in any national park, state forest, you name it. We would, we drove to Mexico once, like that was, I do not advise that for Minnesota. <laughs> but um, and so I just, you know, I grew up with parents who loved the outdoors and um and that, you know, I was like, man, this feels right to me. This feels mm-hmm. really authentic. And um so I decided to shift BA women. I was like, you know, this at before COVID, it was really going down the route of you know, big conferences. At that point, I was working, almost signed a contract with this marketing company to help me put on like a thousand person event. Um, I'd never done that before. And was just like, you know, kind of going in the route of companies like create cultivate or girl boss, and i mm-hmm. um, trying to take on my own spin with it. And, um, but I, even at that time felt like I was kind of not going where I wanted to in the first place, but I was just like, like, well, I got to do more. Like, I mean, this is working. I should, you know, keep going with this, keep going with this. And um, so when I stopped, I realized that no, like I'm actually moving away from, from the intimacy of, of, I mean, it all started with one conversation with one woman. And um, so how can I have this community experience life other than we are, like, we're more than just our, our job titles and more than just our careers and what are skills that we can, you know, have forever. And um, so, yeah, I um, decided to move Be women into the outdoors. And, um, you know, that's just what I'm kind of focusing on right now with experiences out Living outside, you know, being outside and um, with like biohacking. So I love things like cold plunging, sauna, uh, you know, breath work, all that stuff. And so just bringing that to this community and I'm just running with it. And uh, it was pretty fun. So I actually launched, we had now, ne- I'd never done a trip before. Um, launched a trip for scuba diving in Cozumel, Mexico. I, at one point I was scuba dive instructing. That's another story, but um, I have wanted to have a community, a group of women to go with. And I had been complaining for years about this, that I don't like, you know, I don't want to go by myself. And so I was like, well, screw that. I'm just going to create a sick trip and like ask women to come on it. And we sold out in less, 48 hours. It was wild. It's Amazing. And women from all over the country too. Like I have, there's a woman from Utah that's coming, another woman from Costa Rica, uh, Los Angeles, uh, Austin, Texas. Oh, Ohio. I don't know. Anyway, so it's just like, it's really fun to see. um, You know, I think everyone is looking for that next, you know, I've been doing this whatever way of life for a while now. And now I'm like really interested in, in trying a different thing. And I don't necessarily have a group of people to go with. I don't necessarily even have the equipment to do mm-hmm. this. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole or whatever the saying is of women, like a women only into the outdoors. But so I kind of, you know, I like to say that really is just about experiencing life the badass way like what what's it like to experience life in, um you know a unique way and this is just one of the ways we're doing it right
0: now well i think okay first off there's so many things that we're gonna have to go back and then (laughs) talk about a little bit more but i think that like having that is like your why of providing like badass experiences and so maybe it is scuba diving, and then maybe it is foraging for your food and cooking. I mean, those are all badass experiences. And I think that opens the door for so many things. And what I love about it is is it it sounds like that why is really coming back to like who you are as like Emma. And I think like listening to your story of why you wanted to create BA Women was for connection and then like also making it about like your values. And it sounds like from being a young girl, a big value of yours was experiences. And so often I find myself where we get stuck in like that hamster wheel, like go, 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 go. I need to be doing things. And exactly what you're talking about, like the more I do, the more value I am. And it's so hard to get off that hamster wheel and step back and be like, actually, like, yeah, I can go, 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 go and produce all these things, but I'm not actually feeling valued. The more that I'm producing, I'm not actually feeling valued by myself. Maybe other people are like, wow, she's putting out X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But like, at the end of the day, like, do you feel value in yourself and what you're doing? Like, if it's not bringing you joy and happiness, like what's the point? And so I loved your story of just like recognizing that and in a way you were kind of forced into step off that hamster wheel. And sometimes we need that nudge. And I think with COVID, everybody got that nudge of like, Mm -hmm. wow, I was doing way too many things that were not of value to me. They didn't align with my values and everyone really had to take a look within themselves. And I, one thing that I wanted to talk a little bit more about with you is, you know, coming back to that idea, like, who am I? not your job title, you know, like who, who is Emma? Who is Alex? And I think so often we answer that question with, you know, I'm a general manager and coach. I'm a contractor. (laughs) And in my book club, we read the book Untethered Soul. And one thing that he asks like right away is, I think the question literally is like, who are you? And he gives an example of like the person answering with their job title. And he's like, well, no, that tells me nothing about who you are. Mm -hmm. And we as a society need to like disconnect ourselves and our identity from our job titles, because that doesn't define who we are, our values and what's important to us does. And it sounds like the experience of you getting to like co-live with your friends and try all these new things brought you back to like this idea of like, who is Emma and how is she going to show up into the world? And then now you've like come back to yourself and you're able to help other women do the same thing, which I think is so badass. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. like what you want to do is you want to give that badass experience pretty much like what you got to experience last year to other people. And that's so cool. But, you know, you know, I'm just curious, like kind of your thoughts and take on that idea of like, who am I? And like, how do you decide? how do you define yourself as like someone to say, who are you, Emma? You know, what, what would you say?
1: I say, you say whoever you say you are, you are. (laughs) I mean, it really is. I mean, I just am such a, I just really believe in language and, and how you declare, you say you are, um, you know, I think when you're caught up in the doing, you don't have an opportunity or like an even a moment to sit with yourself and be like and ask and contemplate those questions and then like choose you know versus I think when we're in that doing that hamster wheel or whatever it's very like I'm just doing whatever you know I get invited to this I get invited to that or this is happening or that's happening you're just reacting constantly and um versus coming from intention and that's like one of I, all the reading I do, all the uh, transformational work I do always comes back to being and like, who, who do you want to be in the world? I think is like a question that I would mm-hmm. ask instead of like, who are you? I would ask like, well, who do you want to be? Because if you come from being, then everything else falls into place versus like, I think we go backwards. What's it do we have to do something then to have it, then you'll be happy versus like being Powerful, then you'll have this. Then you'll do that. We're like flipping it backwards. Um, So I think like the question is like, well, who do I want to be? And that's really up to just whatever you decide. And um, you know, and then there's you know, there's there's so much more to this. I mean, one person I'm really enjoying reading from right now is like Gabby Bernstein. She's been a really cool, I've just got into like reading some of her work. So I would definitely recommend um, checking out some of her work. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the question for me is just like constantly like creating myself every day of like, well, this is coming back to like, well, who, who do I want to be? And now acting from that.
0: Mm. I, today, well, the day that we're recording, I just put out for my ripple reading, which I like read a quote. And then I talk about like how it relates. And today's quote was kind of what we're talking about of just, it was really simple. It's just, you are enough just as you are. And I think Mm -hmm. what you were just talking about, it ties perfectly into that of like, who do you want to be in the world? And like, knowing like you are enough just as being yourself and like coming from a place of being, I think that's like a great way to like reshift that mindset rather than, who are you or who am I of who do you want to be? I think Mm -hmm. that's so powerful. And then what you were talking about though was earlier in the episode of, it doesn't have to be like you, I want to be a CEO. It's like, Mm -hmm. who do you want to be as a human being, Mm -hmm. not as a job title, not as, you know, trying to achieve the next thing. And I think there's a important, um, I'm having a brain fart right now, but discerning those two of like, not like, who do you want to be in terms of like achieving this next thing and working your way up that ladder, but like, who do you actually want to be? How do you want to actually show up and be seen in the world? I think those are two different things. And, you know, I'm a, I'm going to interpret what you're talking about is more of like, who yeah. do you want to be as a human, like within your interaction. Yeah. And how you show up in the world, and what are your values, and how are you living them out? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my quote at all, but we're human beings,
1: not human doings. Mm-hmm. That's something that I don't – got to figure out who quoted, because that's not my quote. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just – I don't know. I think you just have to come back to that. And um, and it's funny, because I think that it if you don't start to – address that question I think that there's ways that like things will manifest in your life that will force you to look at that so like illnesses will come up or um you know that's a a big one I I mean I'll speak for myself like I think that the times in my life that I've been like most disconnected from like from my body from um you know who I am has been and when i'm ignoring signals from my body ignoring um like mental health issues ignoring um i struggled a lot with an eating disorder when i was in high school and starting of college and um to me those like illnesses or w- whatever experiences i was going through i think were just like hello listen like pay attention something's going on like mm. You know, or, um, and that's just, you know, my, my perspective, like, and it might be a little woo-woo or whatever, but um, I definitely think that our bodies hear everything we say to them. And, um, and that if they're they're our biggest, like, you know, one of the most important things to listen to. And um, so, yeah, I think that if we don't slow down and ask ourselves the difficult questions, that there'll be other ways that our body or you know, just experiences in life will be like, yo, you need to start like listening and paying attention because this is not working.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I, a part of me is it's, it's hard because when those signs come up, um, it's really easy to ignore them Mm -hmm. and, I truly believe like things will keep happening in your life that will force you to slow down and to listen and to lean into the signs and step back and ask yourself, you know, okay, what's going on here? And I, you know, I'm just curious for you, Emma, when you started to get those signs, it's not an easy thing to be like, oh shit, like, okay, mentally I am, out of it, or physically I am just like feeling down and out. And when that came up for you, what steps did you take to lean into that and recognize that? Because I know for myself, I am someone, I know that I need to listen to my body. I know I need to listen to my mind and there's times that I do. And then there's times where like, you're just, we're in that hamster wheel again. Right. (laughs) And so it's so important to remind ourselves we might be really good one day at listening to those signs and then the next, totally forget it. And so for you, what things have worked to continue to lean into that and to listen to what's coming up for you? Um, Absolutely the team of
1: people that I have around me. Like the, I have an acupuncturist. I see a therapist. I've been seeing a therapist for years. Um, um, Even when things are going great, I'm seeing a therapist. Um, I, you know, I have my partner, Tim. I, I just have this, Team of people around me that um, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do it without by myself. I mean, I I want to perform high in my life, like I want to accomplish big things. And when you're up to big things, I don't think I you you got to have a support team. And um, you know, I've I have um, really a couple of really good girlfriends that I check in with about spirituality. I, I have girlfriends that I check in with about my job. Um, I think it's having that that team around you I just call it a team like I don't know if you call it anything else you want but I'm like who is my team like without my team like I'm not doing well and um, they're all kind of like indicators of well and like I you know I think that there's so many like there's different buckets in your life like there's you know, is this bucket filled up right now? Or this one's a little like overflowing. So this one is kind of, you know, not filled up enough. And um, yeah, I I hope I'm uh, bringing value because I'm definitely talking very conceptually in this episode right now. And I know sometimes conceptual stuff can get very like, okay, this is a lot. So I hope I'm, uh, you know, if you want me to like share stories or anything like that, I can also help.
0: With no, that, I'm, I, I think it's <laughs> huge. And I think a lot of the topics we've discussed so far, it's really evident how important, you know, I call it community, you call it team, but like how important the people you surround yourself with are to you, Mm -hmm. right? That's so evident. And have you always felt like you've had the right people in your corner? Because this is a topic I've talked about on my podcast before. Um, uh, I personally was struggling with this idea of like, I needed everybody to like be um, showing up for me for, like, deep conversations and supporting me in those, like, let's go into the, like, Matt, who was on my podcast a few weeks ago, talks about, like, being in a pool, and, like, I wanted everyone to go to the deep end, and he had this great analogy of, like, well, but what about your friends that are going to be in the shallow end with you, and they're going to show up in, like, this, like, fun, adventurous way, and maybe they don't go to the deep end, and it's okay to have people in, like, all these different buckets, and, that like was like a huge aha for me because for so long I was like, well, these people aren't showing up how I need, but he like, kind of, we had this like big moment where I was like, mm. oh shit, <laughs> I can have people in the deep and the shallow end. But then mm. it's also recognizing who are the people that maybe are like dragging us down. And like, how do you start to recognize maybe they're not the right people to be on your team or in your community. And you know, for you, it sounds like you've had like transitions within friendships and things along the way. And what was that process like? And how did you start to create a team that really aligned with your values and supported you and your goals and who you wanted to be in this world?
1: Yeah. Oh man. I, I think now I can respond to that in a much different way than I, you, maybe if you would have asked me that question a couple years ago, um, I really work hard to not be in the mindset of right or wrong, like this isn't right or this is wrong or this is, and it's like, well, there's no winning in, in if it's right or wrong or looking good or trying not to look bad, I just think that we, you know, if we can come back to like, this person's in my life, you know, even someone that really is pissing me off or really just, I'm not like. Connecting with, I think that they're there for a reason. You know, I like what you're saying with like kind of like the deep and the shallow, and and not necessarily like making the shallow wrong or making the shallow right. It's mm-hmm. just like you know, it's just is what it is. And I think that once again, you come if you can come back to your intention and come back to like, well, who do I want to be? And you're like, well, I want to be. Um, you know, think of vision board when I say that, like you look, you look at your vision board and there you are, like, you know, you, I see myself on an airplane, I'm traveling, I'm, I'm skiing, you know, like I see all these like, like images and like, what is that person? Like, well, being, I want to be adventurous or I want to be, um, courageous, powerful, you know, different, different things. Um, and if you can come back to that, then you can maybe assess, is this relationship bringing me or is this relationship cultivating that what I well who I want to be in my life? And if the answer is no, then, you know, I think there's, you can acknowledge that this person was in your life for a reason. And, and uh, you know, I don't have the best answer because it is hard. It's hard. Like, you know, having friendships or relationships where you're like, oh man, like, you know, this maybe isn't filling me up, but I think you can always turn it back on yourself and being responsible for the friendships and relationships you have. And, are, you know, you can, you can go cultivate a new relationship. Um, but yeah, it's challenging though, because I get it. I get, you know, having friendships that, you know, it's funny too, because even friendships that I've, I would look back and be like, oh, maybe, you know, that wasn't serving me at the time. I think with like anything, like with time, things do heal. And, mm-hmm. um, and now I have really great relationships with those people. They just look different than they used to. And, um, and that's okay. So yeah, I hope that helps.
0: Well, and what you were talking about earlier of just almost like things happening for a reason, people come into our lives for a reason and serve a purpose, and in the moment right now, it might not be clear as to what that is, but later on in life, you know, you might be able to look back and be like, oh, wow, that person was there to push me forward or to give me a new perspective. And it's hard to understand those things sometimes when we're in it. Yes. And when we get further down, we can look back and really see why, that person or that thing or whatever it was going on in our lives, why it happened. It gives us more of that perspective. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I,
1: I mean, I have one of my best girlfriends in my life right now. I met her a couple years ago and, um, always been, you know, pretty good friends, pretty, uh, you know, just fun friends. Like we do fun shit together. And now like, um, she's dealing with some pretty intense health issues and um, that are like at no fault of her own. And, uh, and it's really weird to see like, Oh my gosh, like I have this, my, my dad experienced uh, brain cancer. He didn't pass away, which is a miracle. He got into a clinical trial. So I've cultivated a lot of um, different, like I've done so much research. I've done all these different things with brain health. So it's like, wow, like all of that in the past that I worked on is actually helping me, you know, serve someone else now. And, you know, and also I think you can just choose that, that things matter. You can, you don't, you know, it's all like, you don't have to believe that someone is there for a reason, but I think it's a way,
0: way better way to live. (laughs) I don't know. I, I mean, I, I relate with that in a way because it's, I don't know, divine timing and things like that. And the conversations that we have, sometimes I'll like it's almost you know how when you're having a conversation with friends about something, and then all of a sudden, two seconds later, you get served that like Google ad on Instagram yes, for exactly yes. what you're talking about. <laughs> sometimes I feel like that's how life works of so mm-hmm. you will be going through something, and then a little bit later you might have a conversation with a friend, and you're like, oh this is literally what I was trying to figure out on my own earlier, or mm-hmm. I was just having this conversation with someone else. And now you're more equipped to show up in that conversation. It's all about like that divine timing and things happening for a reason. And yes. I don't know. I I've thought about that a lot lately because you know, it's always so funny when you're like having those conversations and you get served that Google ad, but there's been a few times, especially like that I've noticed in the last few weeks of something will be mm-hmm. happening. And then another, like another opportunity arises or another conversation happens. And it's like, whatever I was doing earlier that day or that week or that month, it directly set me up to be able to show up more in that conversation. And maybe looking at that as that's how people are coming into our lives too. And it might be years down the road that that comes to fruition, but I, I mean, I do believe in that, that things do happen <laughs> for a reason. Um, And I also think that it takes
1: a ton of patience. Like that is something that I 100% do not. (laughs) I try real hard, real fucking hard on getting, on having more patience. I get told that all the time. And, you know, it's hard when you're, you've created something new or, um, but patience is like the biggest, probably the thing I struggle with the most. And, you know, trying to, trying to make things perfect right now versus like, just take a breath. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I need to remind myself of this. I definitely am not a very patient person. <laughs> I mean,
0: well, so I am in I think, ways,
1: but some certain ways, no. <laughs>
0: well, and something that I think about is, you know, within, okay, when I got sober, I, mm-hmm. when it happened, it was kind of like, okay, what is this going to do for me? Like, what is my life going to look like? How are things going to like happen? Where am I going from here? It was this huge shift and this huge change and I didn't really understand it. And it's like incrementally things have just gotten better and better because of my sobriety. But it's literally like, it's a long game because it takes a while to even feel confident within being sober. And then, you know, openly sharing about that and connecting and then starting to serve and help others. And it's just like, it's this, I mean, it's literally been like this ripple effect of change within my life, within my sobriety, but it's me having to be patient because it was this huge, like I literally flipped my world upside down as I knew it. And but it's in some of those moments where we have to step out of our comfort zones. And it goes back to what we talked about the beginning of the episode of leaning into that uncomfortability. And that's where like the growth really starts to happen for us. And, you know, I would love to know, Emma, like right now, what ways are you finding that you are continuing to grow and what Mm -hmm. things are you stepping into to kind of like, flex that like growth muscle almost a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I can honestly, yeah, but I mean, I think on a more personal level, I have been playing around with sobriety for on and off for a couple of years, actually. I mean, I'm not, I have not been sober for, um, for a couple of years. Let me make sure everyone is clear of that, but, um, let me go back first before I share more about that. I, I think that, you know, if we're not, I I just feel like, what are we doing here? If we're not growing and not from a perspective, don't get me wrong with this perspective of you need to do, do, do change. You know, you're not, you need to fix yourself. You know, like I am definitely get caught up in that of like, there's something wrong with me. I need to fix something. It's like, no, I think that this is just the experience of being here. Like being human is like, we're here to grow and change all like constantly all the time. And, um, so I think in my, like, life, I've, I've, you know, had, like, this is a funny analogy, whatever, but, like, onions, you know, like, there's, like, another layer, another layer to this onion, and you're just peeling back this layer, and then you get to this one, and, like, it's like the never-ending, uh, never-ending onion. I don't know. <laughs> I've never said that before, but, like, <laughs> just, like, there's never, there's never, like, oh, and now I figured it out. Like, there's no... And I, you know, I get caught up in thinking like, oh, I've got the answer now. I've got the answer now. And it's like, no, like when I was going through this, when I was a kid, you know, that, you know, led to this. And once I peeled that layer away, now I'm learning more about myself. And I just think I'm really on this journey of I'm always, I want to learn about myself. I want to learn about other people. I'm, I'm super fascinated by like why we are the way we are. I mean, I studied human anatomy and uh, you know I was in physiology and I just you know that's the body but I just I don't know I think that there's you there's always something more to learn about yourself and why not get to learn about like this one body that we're gonna be we only got one shot with this body you know like we only got you know one time with this and so like why not learn about like you know learn more and um so I I just I think I'm always looking for like what what is serving me in my life and how can i experience life to the fullest and you know i'm definitely like an adrenaline junkie i'm de- definitely like always looking for the next experience we definitely should, talked about that earlier um that can be a huge strength of mine and also a huge weakness of mine um but you know i think something that ha- i have struggled with in um, through my twenties, I mean, even in my teens was drinking and, um, even like sharing about this. I don't think I've ever really shared about this on a podcast before, but it's just, I think it's really interesting to be vulnerable about like the experiences we're going through in our lives, because, you know, let's say like you, like you just shared, you know, you've been, and I know people know that you've been sober and you know, you're very open about that, but like, you know, you share something like that on a podcast. And then all of a sudden you're like, the public sees you as, oh, you're a sober person. So Mm -hmm. this is how sober people are supposed to be. And if you're not being that way, you're not fitting inside my box, then like when you act outside of that, I'm going to get triggered by it. And so I want to invite everyone to listen to this conversation from, this is the experience I'm going through right now. This isn't a necessarily definite finite thing about who I am, but it's just like, this is what I'm going through and, um, and what's helping me. And I just, you know, with stuff with alcohol, I, I've noticed that when, you know, coming back to the conversation of when your body starts to speak up, that has been my experience with alcohol. Like when I'm most disconnected from my body, like I'll Things will start, I'll start to have injuries. I'll start to, um, you know, just different things that occur. I mean, mental health, one of the biggest ones, like struggling with anxiety, which was something that I'd never really dealt with. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, this just doesn't work for me right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I, I like the term sober curious. That's one that I've really enjoyed because it is like, it's like this curiosity of like, you know, you take this one thing away. You could do that with anything. You take anything away that you've been using for a long time and, and really see what your life looks like. Um, I mean, I still enjoy having drinks here and there and, um, you know, but I think it's more of like, learning what my relationship is with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, does that relationship serve me? You know, like could go back yeah. to what we were talking about with like people, like, is this serving me with like where I want to be right now in my life? And so that's why I don't really like to be like, well, I'm, you know, sober right now. Cause I'm like, well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm observing a relationship in my life and seeing how it serves me or not. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think I've just, there's been a lot of, I've had a lot of chronic health issues lately that I'm trying to get to the root cause of it. Um, You know, I've had chronic neck pain. I've had migraines for years and, um, you know, different things that I think are all connected. And this has just been what's helping me. But it's Mm -hmm. a very, very uncomfortable thing to, to go after because, I mean, anyone who knows me knows me knows that I am like, oh, my God, in college was like probably the drunkest person in the room always. And, you know, it's just like, but that's just where I'm at right now. And um, so I think, yeah, I hope that
0: answered. I'm kind of blabbing because I'm nervous. (laughs) I, I think what you're saying, though, is so important because I talk about this. A lot with um, my friends that are sober and my friends that are not and exactly what you're talking about is what I want everybody to think about because my story of getting sober was because I was blacking out and it was really inhibiting my life in a negative way and so for me I just was like alcohol Alcohol is the one thing that I know for certain, like this is why it's happening. But what you're talking about is really common, but it's, I think, almost harder and scarier to address a relationship with alcohol when it's inhibiting your mental health or your physical body. Because as a society, we've never really talked about that before. We talk about it as this idea of, You're an alcoholic. You have a problem with drinking. It's negatively impacting your life. It's, it's kind of my story, but we put it into this box of like black and white, you're an alcoholic or you're not. And there's this huge shift. And you and I talked about this when we connected, there's this huge shift happening of sober curious for people Mm -hmm. that are actually starting to get, I love what you said, like get curious about their relationship with alcohol and how is it impacting their life is it causing those migraines you know is it making me more anxious mm-hmm. is it increasing my depression um do i feel like shit the next day from it you know mm-hmm. what is my relationship with alcohol and are the are the ways that it's impacting me something that I think is worth continuing to do? Or do I want to actually take a look at this relationship and figure out how I want it to be a part of my life? Because where you're at is it's a hard place to be at because we as a culture and a society, it's a really, really new conversation within the last few years of this idea of you don't have to identify as an alcoholic to want to remove alcohol from your life. And I think it's, so empowering for you wanting to even share where you're at, because it gives, when we share our stories, it gives other people the permission to also either share their personal stories, if they relate to what you're talking about, Emma, or even just the permission to be like, oh shit, I relate to exactly what she's talking about. Maybe I want to get a little bit more curious with my relationship. And I mean, that's why I started the podcast is People listen to other people's stories and something in them clicks and a ripple effect is literally made from the stories that they're hearing on the podcast. Yeah.
1: And I would definitely challenge people to like, to remember not to compare Their experience with your experience or with my experience, and to very specifically look at their own relationship. And because Mm -hmm. I think it's super common, and this is something I'm learning more about because I'm just learning more about um, just the culture around around alcohol. And um, is that I think it's really easy to compare yourself to someone else who's sober. So you know, you look at some. Well, I'm not as bad as. X was with alcohol or so, oh, I'm good. And, you know, do I think that everyone needs to be sober? No, absolutely not. Like, I think once again, it comes back to what is your relationship with it and how does mm-hmm. it serve you? Like, I have friends that I'm like, totally, they're like good. I mean, I think they're good. Who knows? I'm not the one in their body, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just, you have to just, it's your relationship. It's not compared to anyone else, any other like ratio standard, whatever. And, um, and then decide from there versus, well, I'm not, you know, an alcoholic and it's like, well, it's not the point.
0: (laughs) Well, exactly. And that's that's a conversation that I love having because when I got sober, it felt like I had to either identify as an alcoholic or not. Mm. And that was hard for me, even though negative, I had really bad negative impact from alcohol still just like saying I'm an alcoholic was just, it always just felt like this like weird thing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did it and I got sober through AA and I'm still a part of AA and I go to a sponsor, but what has really happened in the last year is I've shifted that idea of because the book, like a woman where she talks about, like, you don't have to identify as an alcoholic. I'm like, cool. I can like, just say I'm sober. I don't drink. I don't have to put myself into a label or a box. And I think Emma, exactly what you're saying is there's for so long, I think people felt like, well, I'm either this way or I'm not. And if I'm not that way, Cool, I don't have to look at my relationship. But it's like, no, you can look at your relationship with alcohol no matter where you're at or how you're feeling. And it's never going to look like anybody else's. Someone's reason for getting sober or even just being sober curious is never gonna look exactly like yours. And that that's so important. And I really am happy that you touched on that because I think a lot of times we are like, well, that doesn't relate to me. My is not the same. And then it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to keep drinking. And it's like, well, if you're a little bit curious, get a little bit more curious, you know, but if you're not, then you're not. And that's okay too. And, um, I do a sober group on Tuesdays and it started with like six women and now we have 12 women
1: and it's just so
0: cool because everyone's story is so different. Like we have people that went to treatment. We have people that go to AA. We have people that literally just went Red quit like a woman did dry January and they're still five months sober. You know, it was just like all these different things. And, you know, they got sober because they felt like mentally and physically just didn't feel good to them or they felt like it just wasn't really serving them right now in their life. And I think that's the important takeaway here is there's just no like one Way to look at sobriety or to look at someone that's sober, everyone's going to be different, their story, their why is going to be different. And if that's something that relates to you, you can get curious as well.
1: Yeah, like uh, something that I've been reading about with um, Gabby Bernstein is just like looking at judgment and how that plays a role in my life. And I think that this applies to anything, not even just alcohol, but you know. I ultimately, I think that judgment is something that we use to protect ourselves from feeling a certain way. And, you know, so if I see you doing this, and I judge you for it, well, then I don't have to, you know, experience that feeling of shame that I don't want to feel or that didn't have anything to do with that person, but, you know, ultimately has to do with me. And um, I think with a lot of stuff with alcohol, like I have a lot of shame wrapped up in it, so you know i don't want to feel that i don't want to experience you know the shame that i have around the things i've done around um you know how i feel about myself how i feel about my body you know these these different thoughts that i will avoid at all costs to feel <laughs> and um so it is a very you know brave thing to to not even necessarily sobriety, but just to take on something in your life that maybe, you know, it's time to not ignore anymore. And, um, it's really interesting. I think that, you know, the, i I mean, I share pretty openly with people who are pretty close to with me or that I'm pretty close to about, um, you know, just kind of on and off about this exploration I have with, with alcohol and, um, because ultimately I don't really think it has a lot to do with alcohol. I think it just has to do with what, what the purpose it was serving for me. And, um, but I think there's a lot more people out there that are looking for the opportunity to show up without that anymore. And it could Mm -hmm. be an age thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm 28 now I'm almost 29. I, um, you know, I was not having this conversation at 23. I was not having this conversation at 25. I definitely was thinking about it because I was dealing with other health health issues. But mm-hmm. um, so, you know, it could be an age thing, but I do think that, like you're saying, it is becoming more common. There's just more options. I think there's mm-hmm. like other people are seeing other options. And, and I hope, you know, anyone that's listening to this doesn't hear this as you know I'm up here on my my podium or whatever saying like my light this is the best way to live your life and you should do this and you know I think I hope you get from this conversation that I'm just like you know there's really there are relationships in so many different ways in your life that if you take a moment to observe them like you're going to learn a lot from them and Mm -hmm. um especially the ones that you're resisting the most
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's huge what you're talking about. It, I mean, I love the, the phrase of like exploration with alcohol is, I mean, that can be applicable to so many things. Like what ish? what relationships are you resisting? And then being open to looking at them in a new way and a new light, because you might be resisting them and they might actually like open up all these new doors for you, whatever it is that's coming up. I mean, maybe it's a door you're resisting is like a bad significant other that you're resisting and resisting it and like taking a look at like what is that relationship doing or is it a job you know there's different relationships that we have and things that are a part of our life that I I love the word of like explore it and take on that exploration and do it with like open and like exciting eyes to like see it as a new opportunity um and the thing that you were talking about too, of like the purpose it was serving for me. Uh, I have had this conversation a lot, but I think it's important to note of, I, I thought alcohol was serving the purpose of connection. Mm-hmm. And the f- more I get into my sobriety, I'm realizing how little it was actually serving connection for me. It was mm-hmm. just there as like a social activity, but I wasn't actually having connection with people like these conversations are providing like true connection for me and the conversation like when we met the last time and we FaceTimed and we had like real in-depth conversations you know that's what I want is I want to connect with people and like have fun with people and actually get to know them and who they are and like how they want to be in life and so it's it's cool to hear you just talk about you know you're just exploring that and I think people can explore whatever it is that they want to, or whatever that is that they feel called to explore in their life. And if that resistance is coming up, you know, step back and recognize that. And you, we talked about that earlier. of When you see that resistance, yeah, it's probably going to push you into that uncomfortable space, but that's where the growth is going to happen.
1: Well, and how you also too, like how you show up in one relationship is probably going to, the way you're going to show up in another relationship. Mm-hmm. So for myself, like you're sharing, you know, the, the connection with alcohol. Mine had a lot, has a lot to do with self-expression. Like Mm. I feel fully self-expressed when I am like a little bit tipsy. Like I can say whatever I want. I can be any way I want. I can uh, be sexual. I can be, you know, like whatever, like these things that I don't necessarily feel comfortable doing when I'm sober. and. Mm that lack of self-expression shows up in other relationships. It's not just like with when I'm drinking, it shows up in my work, like in work. Like how am am I, am I saying what I need to say when I'm Mm -hmm. in one-on-one with people? Like that's self-expression, like kind of like that lump you get in your throat and you're like, oh fuck, like I really want to say it, but I didn't say it. It's like that to me is like, oh, that's self-expression or, um, you know, like for me now I've learned ways that I do express myself and that's a hundred percent in the outdoors. Totally. Like I'm obsessed with skiing, cross country skiing. Like that is my like form of self-expression. Yeah. And, um, and also like, I'm obsessed with music. I'm obsessed with concerts. Like I can go sober to a concert and like have the time of my life. And, um, so I don't always go sober to concerts. I'm just be clear about that. But you know, but like, just I I think that's like what I'm saying though. Like reiterating that, like when you do observe a relationship, you're gonna learn how you're showing up in that one. And then, oh my God, I show up this way in this one too. And um, in my relationship with Tim, like how am I being like you know fully sexual and fully like you know this
0: uh. Yeah. Even, even there, I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I love that though. It's, it's this idea and it's kind of like the overlying theme of our entire conversation of just coming back to self and what things can you do to come ba- keep coming back to yourself through experiences, exploration, you know, stepping into that uncomfortable zone. Those are all things that are going to push you to come back to yourself and who, you are, and who you want to be. Yes. Love it. You summarized that very well. (laughs) Mm. So Emma, my last question for you is what is the ripple that you want to create? Mm. Oh my gosh.
1: I, I know I want people to feel heard. Mm. I want someone to experience me hearing them and them to be able to give that to the next person, like, and I hope that doesn't sound confusing being heard. And what I mean by being heard as in there's no fixing, there's no advice, there's no uh, right or wrong in the conversation. Someone can share how, like, you know, what, what they're dealing with and the other person can simply just hear them for it. Mm-hmm. I think that that is like, comes that ties back into be women with being heard as like, Hey, I, I want to be this person. And someone hears you like, fuck. Yeah, you are a badass. I do hear you that way. I do see you that way. Um, I want that. That's like the community that I'm, I'm creating and, um, I want to continue to, to grow that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I want, I want more people to
0: feel heard in their lives. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's awesome. And I think it just opens doors and challenges anybody listening to really step back and recognize how they're listening to those around them and giving people that space. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Especially when you disagree. (laughs) Yes, that is, that's a hard place to be at, but it's, it's a really important thing to do is to just let people express themselves and their opportunities and listen to what's being said. And then I guess technically this is my last question. Where can the listeners find you? Oh, yeah. So, well, you can follow
1: us on Instagram, be at BA women and it's B-A-W-O-M-E-N. And then uh, you can follow me, Emma Sievers on Instagram and yeah, make sure um, you can subscribe on our BA women website to find out about when events are coming up and other trips. And yeah, we have some cool stuff in the works. Some, uh, cool experiences for this winter that I'm pretty excited about.
0: Yay. I'm excited too. I won't be pregnant anymore. So hopefully I'll be able to come and be a part of them. So Good. you definitely need to. Yes. Thank you so much, Emma. This has been awesome getting to chat with you and make sure you go check out BA and Emma on Instagram and head to their website. And that is all we've got for you today until the next episode. Let's go out and start. Creating Ripples.